I have some breaking news for you guys, though. I breaking news. It's actually not breaking news. I have some unfortunate news. For the second week in a row, Doctor Owen Ricky Flicks will be reviewing a movie without me because I. Oh no! <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to. I watched uh, it for the second time today <laughs> before we record. How, oh my god! <laughs> I kept telling myself I was going to do it, and then something would come up, or like I would just do something, or I would just like not feel like I'm going to lose all credibility as a as a movie <laughs> podcast soon because I just don't watch movies, especially the first episode where you said you never saw Goodfellas. <laughs> I have no words. And then, don't no repeat words. that. Not everybody's seen the first episode. True, true. I won't repeat it. I won't, not, mom's the word. It's all right. You just said it on the third episode, but that's okay. Yeah, no promises. Well, it's not recorded yet. Well, it is. So uh, hit us with the starter. You didn't say anything. Right. Take two. I'm gonna say. Uh, do I usually say something when I do it? Yeah. You usually say drive-in podcast, drive-in podcast episode three, take all right. whatever. Drive-in podcast episode three, take one. Welcome to the second episode of the Drive-In Pod, featuring Nez, Dr. O, and Ricky Flicks. Bring you the latest in movie and entertainment news and reviews. Today, we are going to review the new Andy Samberg movie, Palm Springs. We have the, we have the checkup with Doc. Fuck, I'm gonna restart that. You said second. <laughs> do I do it again? Yes. This is the Drive-In Podcast, Episode 3, Take 2. Welcome to the third episode of the Drive-In Pod, featuring Nez, Dr. O, and Ricky Flicks. Bringing you the latest in movie and entertainment news and reviews. Today we're going to review the new Andy Samberg movie, Palm Springs. We have the checkup with Dr. O, as always. The trailer roundup, and for the first time ever, we now have fan questions. So please use the restrooms now, turn your cell phones off, and get ready for the third episode of The Drive-In Pod. Gentlemen, how are we? Men, we're doing great. Um, I'm looking at myself in this camera right now, a little tripod on Zoom, and I'm noticing I either got an incredible tan or just a massive sunburn. Yeah, you look red. Or I don't know if it's just my camera, because I look, like I'm looking at Spider-Man, who's poster behind me, Mm -hmm. and I'm almost the same color as his costume. Yeah, you're red as a tomato right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm roasted, and I, I barely, little... I barely went outside today. I lifted a little bit, not a big deal, oh, but wow, not to brag. No, no rollerblading today. What's wrong? No rollerblading today. You had to bring wow. that. Up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no rollerblade. I actually busted a rollerblade. That's been my cardio, and I've been going so much. My wheel dwindled to basically to the plastic point where I had to buy new wheels, new asphalt. So I've kind going of been. Too hard. Uh, 
resorting to the old weights. The old weights. Old reliable. <laughs> yeah. Grinding out at home. Ricky Flex, how are you? Well, not bad. Make me feel guilty that I did not do cardio and have not done cardio for the longest amount of time. But thank you. This is not a fitness podcast. Um, <laughs> but doing well. Doing well. Nez. Sir, Nez. I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing – people just keep bothering me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> keep that. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing great. I can't complain about anything um, except for coronavirus. I can complain about that. Uh, the weather's been rather hot lately, but rather be hot than cold. It's personal. Um, living life, just get trying to get outside as much as possible. Um, helped my brother move the other day. Mm, good for Not you. Not bad. Not there bad. Very Was nice. it, a good citizen. Dude, did, how? so you were moving on a 95-degree day, right? Yeah, back actually back-to-back 95-degree days. Oh, my gosh, dude. That That's sounds fun. Was that Struggle City, or were you, like, in and out? Was it, like, close enough where you park the car or truck? It was cool. Right no, there. it was a, it was, so they're moving into a house. So it's like, you know, we parked it right in the driveway. Um, there's a lot of stuff to bring upstairs, but you know what? Like something about physical labor or, or, you know, something like, I don't know, just doing something like moving. You just got to keep the vibes up, get, get the music bumping, you know, have good energy. Everybody be happy, mm. you know, don't complain too much and literally just work repeatedly. And then the time will just fly by. And before you know it, you're done. I remember, I think, you know, I, I was like, you know, some people were bringing stuff to the front porch and I was bringing stuff from the front porch upstairs. So we're just doing it for probably, I don't even know how long because I couldn't tell you because, you know, I was just vibing. It was just flying um, by. But it just, by the time, you know, eventually I, there's nothing on the, on the porch. And I was like, wait, what happened? Uh, 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 what happened? And I just checked the, uh, the moving van and I was like, oh, wow, we're done. You were so, buzzing. Yeah. You know, if if you it, it it wasn't bad. The vibes were good. You know, we all had some beers after. Um, it was nice. Well, it was nice. Always um, good. You know, one complaint I do have is I haven't been to the beach all summer. Mm. I went once. I went once, and it was like last month. I was nervous with COVID and everything, mm-hmm. but when I went, literally, I had a spot. Even though the parking lot was full, and I had to park somewhere differently. Uh, I had a three mile walk, by the way, and I was also like a ninety five degree day. But there was like no one within twenty feet of me in my little, I was in my own little circle. So it was actually pretty sweet. But uh, Ricky Flex, you've been on the beach this summer too, right? Yeah, once, once. It was nice. Uh, it was it was a long time. It was like May when I went and it wasn't nearly as hot as it was this weekend, but it was good. Not much more to add. I feel like people are going to the beach more than they normally would this summer because of Corona. They're like, you know, they people were stuck in their houses so, so much. Um, that they're like, no, I'm going to the beach. I, I absolutely am. And I, I obviously have the opposite approach. Like, I'm very scared of it. But, you know. Anyways, let's get right down to brass tacks here. Let's, uh, let's, let's start out with the, uh, the checkup with Dr. O. What do you got for us, Doc? All right. Movie news. We, have, we had a lot pile in in these last couple days after a, a pretty quiet week. But, boys, tenant delayed indefinitely. And needs to make $800 million in theaters to break even. Not great, Bob. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. So, so before I – I just want to mention Warner Brothers has removed Tenet from its release calendar. And then they're saying they're going to share a new release date imminently, which I I would think would mean as soon as possible. But they're they're also mentioning the word indefinitely. So it's just two things that don't go together. And it doesn't bode well for movie theaters. 
Yeah, this has got to be a like summer 2021 movie. Like they had to make at least 800 million to break even. Inception, which was just 10 years ago, uh, last week, whatever. Doctor O blogged about that. That made around 100, 830 million. So that was with no pandemic, a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, and streaming po- platforms not as popular. Like everything just looks like this wouldn't make at least that much. And honestly, I think this is a smart decision, even though like I was looking forward to this movie it was my number one movie of the year. <laughs> Naz, what do you think? I hear the disappointment in your voice right now. Yeah. And you then, sound like I, very upset. And uh, I, it's just, I am too though. I I'm, am I'm too. nervous for you. I am. I'm also very upset. I like, like Ricky flicks. Uh, this was my most anticipated movie that, that was coming this year. So, um, you know, hearing that this is getting pushed back, it's, you know, bad. But I'm also happy that I don't have to go into the theater and kind of be scared about this. Um, I don't know if it has to go to, I don't know if it has to go to uh, July or summer 2020. Um, Like even maybe uh, if we can get this thing down, maybe like a Christmas time blockbuster on there kind of thing. I think the worrisome part about that is like Dune's coming out Christmas 20. Which is also like, Arguably the highest anticipated, other than right. Tenet or that's, what, that's what most people are saying. I'm looking forward to Tenet personally. Same with me. Same with me. Yeah. I'm just saying that the battle for box office I think I'm a huge, guy. huge. Like mm. it would be like they would just lose a lot of money. That'd be legendary. They, I think they'd they be were... splitting. They'd be splitting right. a lot of money. That and, like, would be the biggest battle of all time. Between that's like the opposite of what office. Tenet wants, like especially heavy... with this. Eight hundred million dollar deficit that they have to. This is a eight hundred million is a lot. They have. But, a, they have at to the same time, if they can make like. A certain amount and then sell it to a streaming platform you know like eventually it'll make money that's like christopher nolan's worst nightmare yeah it's it's like the biggest thing he like is against which is streaming but it also shows in my opinion the i mean warner brothers is going to lean on nolan for a lot of advice and kind of want he's been so good to warner brothers for the movies he's made for them and so nolan wants to release this movie as quickly as possible he wants this movie to be the movie that like brings back people to the theater okay Mm -hmm. and so like he wants it to be released in this next month and he wants it when whenever the full uh slate of movie theaters uh nationwide open up he wants to be the first movie but warner brothers realizes they are in such a hole right now that they have to push this back and so they're kind of flexed their muscles on nolan here um you got me nervous ricky flicks when you were talking about inception and that made 830 million dollars yeah right literally i remember so that came out in 2010 2008 you had the dark knight 2012 dark knight rises in between the height of the dark knight trilogy nolan releases a movie that was hyped up with leo dicaprio in 2010 and then it only makes that amount of money. That makes me so freaking nervous that this movie's gonna well, lose only money. makes that amount nothing. of money. Let's see. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like I'm kind of yeah. And Inception was actually like a cultural phenomenon when it came out too. Yeah, I'm hoping it I'm hoping massive. Tenet would too. Um, honestly, I mean, we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll we'll really have to see. Um, all in all, I think eventually it'll make money, not as much as they you know probably anticipated, but. But maybe Probably, in summer honestly, 2021, have, it will. They're going to have to spend more money because... Uh, more advertising. Have, yep, campaign. They have to spend more money on advertising now. Mm-hmm. But it's going to build... You think... Wait, I have a good question then. So is it going to build up anticipation for this movie or you think it's going to dwindle a little bit? 
If it's released, let's say summer 2021. No, I think it would dwindle the rest of this year. I think it would dwindle the rest of this year because people will forget about it, focus on Dune and other movies coming out in Christmas, and then next year we'll get the same hype about it, and it'll be like part two. Hopefully not a new people music just, vibe. People it. will just be coming off of that letdown. I don't know. I don't know if it'd have the same hype. Yeah. All right, so Tenet, we're the drive-in pod, the blog, the social media. We're going to keep you updated whenever it's announced. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Um, but they, uh, Warner Brothers has said it's going to be announced imminently. Okay. Uh, moving on, our next big story comes from Netflix. Netflix is set to make their uh, biggest budget movie ever, The Gray Man, okay, which will be directed by the Russo brothers. It's going to be an espionage thriller, and it's going to star two A-listers. You got the Goss God, Ryan Gosling, and Captain America, Chris Evans. Um, this is a, a movie that's announced by Netflix following almost celebrating uh, – their findings that they just added 10 million new subscribers during the pandemic. Uh, the intention here with this film is to create a new franchise for the James Bond level of scale and a budget upwards of 200 mil boys. What do you guys think about the gray man? Wow. This is huge news, huge news. Netflix is dropping a bomb on the industry right now, getting the Goss God and Chris Evans together with the Russo brothers. First off, my first reactions besides how big this project is, is, this is probably the hottest duo of man rockets of all time. <laughs> like, holy crap, that poster that whoever like reported the news, I forget who it was with Chris Evans and Gosca. That was mm-hmm. insane. Like the comments were just strictly just how good just, they look. Just drooling. It was just insane. Drooling in the comments. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And this is going to be a franchise, a franchise. The thing that really interested me with this as well, probably the third thing that popped up in my mind was the Gosca is very interesting. His path uh, this decade you know, we started this decade out with Drive and Crazy Stupid Love, but we won't mention that again. But it's recently, movie. it's a good movie, but it, was, it wasn't the star. But he's been in, in a lot of Oscar buzz leads, right? He's been in La La Land, 2016. He's been in, let's see, what else? Yeah, First he, Man. Uh, First Man and uh, Blade Runner 2049, right? Blade Runner 2049. And he didn't really get any, he didn't get any, he got one nomination, I believe, out of those three all three regarded as unbelievable films, but didn't really get any Oscar buzz compared to other of the, the nom- nominees. So I feel like now he's going to be in Wolfman, an, another action-oriented movie, and mm-hmm. now he's doing this franchise. I just feel like this is a kind of a weird turn in his career, but I am extremely excited to see him, and I think the only drawback to this movie is that it is not on the big screen and it's a Netflix movie. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, you're talking about the trajectory tra- – trajectory i know we can't none of us can talk today but the trajectory of his career flicks you know who it reminds me of is jake gyllenhaal a little bit someone who had so much oscar buzz like let's say mid to uh early 2010s uh but then you had like his turn you had him in everest then you have him as a villain in the marvel cinematic universe when he played mysterio and then he's kind of accepting the fact that he doesn't have to keep pushing himself in these dramatic roles like have some fun with the job and then gosling's supposed to be someone that's going to be a uh, occur in this franchise in multiple films right i don't know what right. that means for evan's character but i think that's awesome we're getting a gosling like franchise mm-hmm. with the russo brothers for right. sure and and also you know these people obviously they want to win oscars and they want that oscar buzz but also like they want to make money they want i mean how much money is he about to make from netflix and from this franchise these people are are going to be multi multi-millionaires you know um, from these movies so when you build up that Oscar, you know, that not Oscar resume because I, I don't know how much, how you know, 
I don't really know the historical, you know, who, who's won what. Mm-hmm. But what I will say, if, you ha- if you've had a lot of Oscar buzz in the past and you've been a lot of really good movies, people are going to pay you way more money than people, than actors that have, you know, than right. they pay actors Definitely. who have not had that same buzz. So what, he, what they're doing really, a lot of what these people do is they just take, they, you know, I don't have to, you know, do all these crazy roles where I do all this crazy stuff. I just mean a couple simple movies and make a hundred million dollars and you know, I'm set for life. So I mean, I would personally do that, you know, and behind and behind people you trust like the Russos and they have a history with espionage throwers with captain America winter soldier and Chris Evans starring in that clearly, obviously, but you can trust that this is going to be at least a worthwhile project, even if it's not, as critically acclaimed in the end as you wanted it to be, let's say like it doesn't do as well as we uh, intentionally thought, you know, it's still going to be a good movie overall. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I trust this movie because of the relationship uh, mainly between Evans and the Russo brothers, this is their fifth movie together. Okay. That's that's, I know four of them wow. are Marvel. They've done, they've done the last two and they've done the, as Ricky Flick said, winter soldier, they've done civil war. They did the two Avenger movies. And this is the first time they're stepping outside the MCU together. Okay. And kind of embarking on this new journey. I don't know the extent of Evans, like, uh, uh, I don't know how, how long he's going to be in this franchise. Cause they haven't really, I'm, I'm obviously don't want to spoil anything, but I'm excited because the es- espionage aspect, it works so well in winter soldier that they're lending it to a new, more grounded type of story. I think it's only going to lead to, uh, better results all right so that's the gray man uh i know production's like st- uh, heating up with that i don't know when exactly it's going to release uh, especially since it was just announced but uh we'll definitely keep our eyes off uh, our eyes out for that um our next topic here we got john ham starring in a fletch reboot okay that uh it's a reboot of uh the 1985 movie starring chevy chase where he's an investigative reporter he's kind of like uh he's like he's like an idiot but he's also like kind of smooth clever. and cool about it. Yeah, he's clever, but at the same time, he makes stupid mistakes. Um, in a way, he's like sort of, in my opinion, like Inspector Clouseau from like the Pink Panther movies, except he's smoother. He's and a little smarter than that, but yeah. Yeah, and he's not, and he's a writer rather than a detective. Mm-hmm. But uh, in a way, he's kind of like investigating. Right. But we got John Hamm in the lead. Uh, Nez, what do you think about John Hamm? I think the world of John Hamm. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> He's the best. He can play anything, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm on board for uh, whatever they have in store for us here. Um, you know, I don't know. I think he's, he's really good at playing a wealth of different characters, uh, you know, protagonist, antagonist, you know, if you're, if you're um, like a side character. Like he, he's able to do a lot uh, in a lot of different roles in a lot of different ways. So I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, how he takes this role and what he does with it. Uh, and I hope the movie works out. And most of the time it does because that's, that's my boy. All yeah, right, so what were you going to say, Flex? Yeah, I definitely agree with John Hamm. Like, he has this sort of, like, recent comedic renaissance, but then also he's been, like, in Baby Driver, the antagonist as well, partly the antagonist in that as well. So I feel like this role will really suit the comedic aspect of his renaissance. And with this directing choice, I think uh, Matala is just has a good history, honestly, in Adventureland, super mm-hmm. bad. Clear history, which John Hamm also was in, so it's good to get this relationship back up and running. So I think that he had, this is a good directing choice, and the only question I really have is with the writer, uh, the, the writer Zev Bora. I really don't know. I mm-hmm. I really I'm not a big fan of Chuck, and he was a big part of uh, writing that show. 
he wrote like one or two episodes of the lethal weapon show that recently came about they get canceled and, was that with stifler uh no, I don't think he was in. Sean William Scott was in that. I, th- I think he was in it. <laughs> but I saw like one or two episodes, and he wasn't in it. Like when I saw those episodes, oh, so I think I think he left the show. I think he okay. had like. Well, they were awful. I hated them. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that I kind of like with the with the pick of Zev Boro is that clearly, if you're in writing Lethal Weapon, you have a history of the '80s, and like Fletch was in the '80s, and like you said, that's mm-hmm. a cool classic. So mm-hmm. maybe that little perception could help with this, but. That's really my only concern with this movie. John Hamm, I'm so confident in. Directing choice, confident in. It's just the writing. And hopefully just uh, Greg Matola could just take the reins on that, uh, mostly with the directorial vision. Speaking of John Hamm in comedies, uh, did you guys see him in, in Curb this past season? I did was not see him. He was great. This season. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. He basically great. is like... Uh, in Curb Your Enthusiasm, I, it's this. It's most recent season, right? Yes, yes, yeah. most so recent. He was, he was in phenomenal. this most recent season. He's like playing a character that's based off of Larry David. So he so he follows him around to try and add, like you know pick up his. <laughs> I've tendencies. heard this. I, I got it. And then they get into like arguments with people together, and they're both acting like Larry. It's incredible. Well, in, oh, in clear history, he was. It's like uh, Larry David's character and him created the idea for like their pro- the product that made them. In- like that like a cyber company right 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 and then Ooh. larry david left and then john ham became like the next like not steve jobs but like big billionaire like very famous person in, in the world so like it's just interesting to see this cast like this casting with this uh director it's just yeah I it's love just it. linking I love it's just it. connecting names non-stop but um john uh fletch is i think an underrated movie of the 80s that no one really knows about uh i'm glad this is like one of those movies that i really enjoyed from the past i'm not i'm not i don't really dismiss the fact that they're rebooting it uh so i kind of like the idea that more people are going to become aware of the chevy chase story and john yes, perfect, yes. like you guys said he's like a funny good looking dude similar to chevy chase in the 80s right he's like he, as nez said he's versatile he played a funny guy he played the lead supporting he could be dramatic he could be antagonist protagonist he pretty much can do anything so i'm all for it also just a side note here man chevy chase like he looks awful doesn't he? He he went down. He looks he went awful. down the drains. Like Hasn't he been years. canceled too? I, I have. Yeah, he like, did something. I, I I I think Chevy Chase. I think it's just done for him. I think. He's but been, like, I don't like, know he, why. Rips on, like, he rips on SNL. That's what he does. Oh uh, right, right, right. Uh, hold on. I'm actually but, just gonna Google it right now. Chevy Chase yeah. canceled. Yeah, why you do that, Doctor O? Like, like you were saying, like he was big in the eighties with Caddyshack, and he was like, like in Fletch, he's picking up attractive women, and now he's just. Like he's like a ever since community. He always plays the cool oh. guy. He's the cool guy. So yeah, like cool guy. He played the cool I, I, guy. Like, and then all of a sudden he just like fell off the map. I don't even know what he did in the nineties. Did he do anything? I, I actually I actually don't see anything about him getting canceled or saying anything, but I okay. just see I know oh, on the, 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 the only he, thing I he uh, I see here, courtesy of the Mercury News, uh Chevy Chase is seventy four, sober and ready to work. The problem sober's nobody good. wants to right, He's ready to work, folks. In like the 2000s, the only thing he did was community, and he was pretty good in that show. Yeah, underrated, underrated. That's uh, isn't that didn't Dan Harmon write that? The Rick and Morty guy, Dan Harmon, yep. And yeah. uh, the Russo brothers are were a big part of that uh production of that show, too. Donald Glover as well, mm-hmm. Joe McHale. That's a crazy, that's a Allison crazy Bray. like, why is there so much talent Joe, in that uh, show? It's so crazy, yeah. and Chevy Chase, right? Yeah. And it only lasted like two and a half seasons. Weird. But I was re watching on Netflix, you sure, and like. Yeah, I'm positive. Uh, wow, I was watching it on Netflix, 
And it was like, still like it was bringing back so many memories. So I watched it in high school. I was like Same that here. show in the office or like Same the two here. I went back and forth with. How funny is it, Dave? How funny is it? What? Oh, good community. Yeah. But community was like Ken Jong's like coming out party now. Uh, oh. yeah, yeah, he's a teacher. He's hilarious. Yeah, he that was like his like coming out party. That was oh and oh yeah, Ken Jong in that show was hilarious. Laugh out loud, funny. <laughs> All right, John Hamm starring in the Fletch reboot. Uh, boys, we have one more story, and I saved the best for last. Oh, wrote a blog about it today. Who knew and didn't tell me that they were making a prequel to Greece? Oh my God. I could care less. Who didn't tell me? You could care less? What? I could care less. They're what? A prequel to Greece. I think, oh, I mean, Ricky Fletch, you it's sound dejected. I, I could care less. Oh I really, Greece, I will say, I love that movie. I love that soundtrack. I'll put on You're the One That I Want, maybe just. If I need to feel good for the day, if I'm in a bad mood, you know, maybe I'll listen to it after this podcast since I'm so depressed from Tenet. Thank you, Christopher Nolan. And you Warner. really listen to that song but, every once in a while? <laughs> it's a great song, great soundtrack. My God. 70s and 7. Yeah, but still, like, why can't we just let old things die? Like, why can't we let classics just be classics, huh? They tried doing sequels. <laughs> they failed miserably. Just, uh, like, the sequel did trend. fail. Yeah. There, but this one's just, a prequel. It's going to be different. But there's this trend right now. I want to hear Nez here. There's I like, I like Nez's energy. I like Nez's energy here. There's this trend right now of just trying to reboot classics and doing these big big uh, like prequels or sequels or knockoffs to try to make some money off this nostalgia. Let's just move on from this and just create originals. Maybe something similar to it, but not do not bring Sandy down. So just like have the same story and just name it something else? Not the same exact thing. <laughs> like, like we're reviewing Palm Springs later. That's Groundhog Day in a nutshell, right? But it's an original story. You would say that's an original. Okay. Uh, Nez, you can take the reins here. I'm, I'm yeah, here. I want to hear what Nez has to say here. Listen here. Listen, 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 listen. I actually am not mad at you, Ricky, for, for, for that saying. Because you're right. There is a, there's a big thing in Hollywood where everybody wants to reboot. I mean, Disney's making the exact same movies, but like live action. Live action. But also not live action because they're animated with... <laughs> like live stop i don't know we're it's it's ridiculous i mean everybody wants to capitalize on this nostalgia um what i will say though is that i'm so excited this is coming from the 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 11 year old kid who who drove down to florida with his parents it's like a 20 hour drive with a lincoln park cd and the grease soundtrack and that was it (laughs) i own the grease soundtrack too. that was it that was all i had so I listen to all of these what things. What a duo. I've listened to these. <laughs> I know. Almost as good as Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Oh, Almost. Um, but I've seen a lot of these things. Here's the thing. Uh, number one, if it's a musical, that'd be sick. Number two, there's a, lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot that you can dig into for, um, for the history. Like it's, I, always, I always wondered, like, the pink ladies like it's like a little click but it's also like a gang like i don't really know like how did they come about what's what you know what have they done in the past the whole like drag racing stuff like how does that work uh and then um i'm sorry what what is the what is danny zuko's gang called? t-birds uh, uh oh, the t the t-birds is it the t-birds the greasers the gr- 
I don't know. T-Birds. No, Greaser's just like a, I don't know. Yeah, anyways. No, oh, that's Outsiders. Sorry, T-Birds. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Oh, dude, you got I know my Grease. That's why I'm You so know your Grease, yeah. Uh, but anyways, like, it's just cool because, like, they have these kind of rivalries in these um, teams, I guess, or gangs that, that, they've, that they've formed in this movie or that were already formed at the beginning of this movie. It's kind of interesting because you know that there's a history. Um, it kind of starts and everybody really knows each other except for Sandy. She's like the new girl, right? So um, I think it, it. I think a prequel would be kind of cool. I don't know. Like if you can get like imagine like Bruno Mars like in like in a, in a Greece like, <laughs> right. like starring in a Greece in prequel here. like John come Legends. on, bro. You wouldn't be down for that. That you changes be down things. For Bruno Mars that changes everything. In a, yeah, yeah exactly. Dancing. You got to think about the talent. Like because all like when you think about Greece, I think about. John Travolta and he just absolutely kills the role. When I watch the, the hand jive scene, when he's like just like cutting it up with Cha Cha and and like and oh my god, I just think that guy's an absolute king. Like what a talent, right? Yeah. So now think about a modern talent that's able to almost not recreate but produce similar scenes to that where they're just like crushing a dance routine and mm-hmm. singing and just like absolutely killing it. I don't know. Those are all the reasons why I'm excited. And I think that it definitely has potential. But I will say, Rick, it definitely has potential to stink as well. Like, yes. this could be really bad. This could and be to, really bad. To make one more two, point. Oh, my God. Forget yeah. it. And just to make one more point on this, like, you're, you were, you were pulling me in. But then I just realized, like, Brett Haley, like, I don't know anything he's ever directed. And Leah McKendrick. Who directed a- Grease, Ricky? Dude, I don't know, but exactly. I don't, but I wasn't alive back then. I didn't even like. Oh my god! Don't give me that. Don't give me okay, that. Okay, you know, directed The Godfather and all these other movies. But you okay, don't know yes, I do. So it doesn't mean it's gonna be bad. I'm not saying it's gonna be bad, but it's just not giving me the confidence in this. Flicks. Let me hit you with some facts right now. Okay, you have the groundwork already set up for this prequel, right? The beginning of Greece is on the beach. This prequel is gonna take place over that summer. They also talk about the summer they had in Summer Nights, the song. Right, so like you already have a foundation for this movie. It's not a sequel, okay? It's a way you can also it's it's nostalgic, obviously, but you are you already have a foundation for it. It's not like it's way out of left field. That's why I kind of love it. And if they make this, I what does make me nervous is the potential for franchise development. That's what makes me nervous, if anything. But the prequel idea I like. If they're gonna make a hundred movies afterwards, I'm out. Um. And also, if you're going to have this movie, you have to have somehow an incorporation of Danny Zuko and Sandy in some way, but like original. You need Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, maybe in a flash forward into the future or something like that. Maybe they do a final dance. They're so iconic in those, as those characters that you got to show the actual people like, like later in time. You know, how awesome would it be to see Travolta just dice it up right now? Like he, like he just like somehow can do it on a beach or something. I don't, know. I don't I think he it. could dance the way he used to at all, man. Oh, I'm, I'm not, not getting not convinced that right way. Now. Not like Saturday Night Fever level, but he oh, still he still he's got footwork. Night Fever is like, yeah, that was my costume, my Halloween costume this year. Dude, oh, like, how am I gonna top that? Saturday Night Fever, I think was '77. Then you had Grease in '78. Like, dude, he just like tore apart the dance floors in the late '70s. He was unstoppable. Unstoppable force. So, also weird thing about original Grease. People always talk about it. Travolta was like 18 when that movie came out, and Olivia mm. Newton John was 30. <laughs> that's sick. That's like, kind of wild. Like, that's like Carmelo Anthony Lala vibes right there. <laughs> yeah. 
interesting. But uh, that does it for the checkup, okay? A lot of movie topics today, a lot of chatter. Uh, I'm gonna Wait a second. Why was she 30 years old in high school? Okay, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tossing I'm it back to Nets. Let's... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. That was um... – She looked young, though. She looked young. She looked amazing. Okay, boys, that does it for the checkup for episode three. We're going to move on to trailer roundup for the week. Uh, we only had two trailers come out this week, um, one with some sentimental value and one for a new Netflix original movie. Uh, we're going to start off with a little nostalgia here. We have a Sandlot reunion trailer, okay? The boys are back in town, okay? They're doing a reunion episode. It's like a table read. Not a table read, but it's more like a – they're going to answer, answer fan questions. They're going to interact, right? Everyone's there except for one person. Benny the Jet Rodriguez is mm. absent for this reunion. Absent. Boys, what do we think about this? This, one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my, if not my favorite movie as a kid growing up. Baseball is my favorite sport as a little kid. Definitely rewatchable. But again, same thing as Greece. I am afraid. I am afraid they'll mess this up. And it's the same thing. It seems like well, I the, can't, is, okay, can't so mess this up. Just this is the reunion. Shit. So they're just like, it's just like a, it's not like a make, they're making a show, but this trailer that they released was just like them. It's like, a, it's a reunion. It's not. Oh, like are we a, just talking about the trailer? Not yeah. like our hopes? Well, oh. no, I was going to talk about afterwards. They Wait, do so there's plan a show? There's yeah, there's a show. Oh, a show coming. That's okay. not what the trailer is for. Like there's going to be a show. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the show. So is the show just going to be them raising kids and then having like a Sandlot like league? That'd be cool. So it's apparently, the so there was a quote from Hamilton Porter is like whoever, I think it's, Pat, it's Patrick Renna is his name. He is the organizer of this reunion and he had a quote about the upcoming show that's going to be on Disney Plus. And he said the TV show is going to take place in the late 80s, which talk about an amazing era to do a TV show. I mean, you got Stranger Things and all these little fun 80s throwback TV shows and things like that. So I think that would be a blast for Ham Porter to don his most fashionable 80s garb, end quote. So nice. the reunion is like the original actors getting back together and talking about and chopping it up and like answering fan questions. Then they're previewing, right? They're kind of hyping up this show that's going to be on Disney plus, if that makes sense. That is what I was talking about. It was the show. Okay. Not, but I guess I, I'll, I'll talk about the can reunion I, then. Can I? Oh, sorry. No, can, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You, I don't think you realize this is like the weirdest timing and people are probably going to think I'm making this up, but I swear on everything I love and own that I am not making this up. I used to go to Florida every year for spring break. My family would drive down together. Um, and what we would do is, you know, I, like I mentioned before, I have my, my CD player, right? But my parents would also bring like, a, like one of those TVs with the VHS player attached to it in the car and we would plug it in. And guess wow. what movie we would watch every time we were going to Florida? The Sandlot 2. <laughs> the Sandlot, the original. The prequel. And I swear to God, I swear to God, it's, there's something about today's episode. Maybe I need to go. Oh, no, definitely not going to Florida. Not, not with those coronavirus numbers. But it's, no. I think it's actually crazy. Oh, that's so weird. Anyways, so yes, I used to listen to Greece and watch the Sandlot on my way down to Florida. I swear, like, I'm, I'm serious. You can ask my parents. Um, what a nostalgia episode for Nez. Kid vibes. So, yeah, yeah. This is literally my nostalgia episode. This, this is, is unbelievable. 11-year-old Nez here I feel like a child. What an episode. Um, so so I, think it's, I think I'm excited about it. Um, I definitely think uh, the concept is interesting. 
Uh, I also think Disney Plus is getting a little bit desperate because they actually are losing subscribers because there's not much new content coming out. Uh, they really sold everybody like, oh my God, I want to watch The Little Mermaid. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. It's just like- People aren't going to turn they, that they, on every they, I think that's they, a good point. They run yeah. out of steam. And it, it actually reminds me of one time I was like, I turned to my friend, I was like, oh my God, like, let's watch The Mask. The Mask is on whatever streaming platform we were looking at. Whatever. Let's watch The Mask with Jim Carrey. Like that was so funny back in the day. And we watched it and I was like, this, this isn't funny anymore. I don't like slapstick, like stupid mm-hmm. stuff like this anymore. Like it's sad still, like, because watching the mask, but yeah, I see what you're I, saying. I, I don't, I never, I didn't find it very funny actually, which is that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, I didn't <laughs> but, find it at least nearly as funny. I was kind of disappointed. So, um, you know, as for nostalgia, it, it can be a good thing. It could also be a bad thing. Uh, so I'm definitely anticipating both the Grease prequel and the Sandlot um, reunion. Um, I'm definitely anticipating them, and I'm excited to uh, to see what they're going to be able to do. Hopefully, they'll be good. Reunion, I'm hyped about. Everything else, I don't care. I don't care about this series. I bet a lot of these guys were child stars. They haven't acted in like literally decades. <laughs> so it's like it's not like they're going to be winning anything here. You don't, I don't know how entertaining it's going to be. Disney Plus probably going to make it cheesy. But uh, the reunion, we lose Benny the Jet, who I basically idolized as a kid. I wanted to be, the, I wanted to be just as fast as him. I, I bought PF Flyers only two years ago out of respect to Benny the Jet. I had some PF Flyers at one point, too. I, had a, I, was, I was on the Dodgers in Little League. I was T-ball, and I saved the hat for literally five years after I wore it all the time because I wanted to be like Benny the Jet. I would get wow. caught in pickles on purpose right to be like benny the jet and then try to beat the pickle. why would you do that to yourself uh i was i was fast i usually beat him out but really? then yeah, yeah. oh yeah oh, so I, I guess oh right i forget the upstate i man. wasn't as fast as benny the jet but i was i was pretty I, I i could burn out there um but we lose benny the jet do you know what we gain in this reunion trailer what the one the only Justin Turner. wendy peppercorn oh, in appearance no right? way yeah Oh yeah, she she. I mean, she doesn't look bad right now, right? She doesn't look bad still. So um, I'm kind of I'm gonna I'm. I know they're gonna make a ton of jokes about this. Uh, I can't wait to see the reunion between her and Squints. It's gonna be epic. But uh, I don't know. It's just I I I think James Earl Jones isn't gonna be in it either, and like you gotta have him. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped for it. Hold on, I'm looking up Wendy Peppercorn now. Wow, she is cute. Has she been another? She looks familiar. I Maybe saw. It, wait, are you looking at the picture with her with like white blonde hair? Not white blonde, just blonde. Okay, because I saw like in the trailer she had like white blonde hair, and she looked like uh, Jessica Chastain in Dark Phoenix. <laughs> you know? Does that kind of make sense? Let me see. No, it's Ricky Flex. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I yeah, I don't particularly like that movie at all, but definitely not. I haven't seen Chastain it. I just I'm just talking about the trailer. Hey, you can hold off. Give yourself two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was, oh, yeah, so I've bad. only heard terrible oh, things. Okay, I kind of. Oh my god! All right, I'm kind of getting the bu- Okay, <laughs> but wow, Nez, I think that was just not really talking about Sandlot, but Disney Plus. I think also, like when I first bought, I I, I was with you, like, oh, this is great. I get to watch all these classics. But now, like, it's like almost a year with Disney Plus now, and now I just feel like it's for parents to put on something for their kids. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that Disney Plus kind of wants that though, because then they appeal. The vibe it gives off. 
Exactly. But then also because they own two thirds of Hulu. So they could just throw things like Palm Springs and like, mm-hmm. and like not Palm Springs, but like Palm Springs throw stuff like their content. That's probably like PG 13 R rated over there and get it away from Disney plus. So then they make you buy two. So I feel like that's what they're trying to do. But oh, yeah. again, I got the bundle. They yeah. got the resources though. Like I think, I think they're going to make it better. I, I know they're relying a lot on the Mandalorian right now, but honestly, Hulu, like Palm Springs is like their first like good movie. They, their movie selection stinks out loud. Like, oh, Hulu does. Yeah. Know. Hulu has bad movie selection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just like, you're not going to want to watch like these old time, not old time, but like these franchise movies that are on TV all the time. You've seen them a zillion times. You want something new. So I understand what you're saying. Flex. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the second trailer that we have here. Uh, we have a new Netflix uh, trailer for Project Power, which is an action movie starring Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, the synopsis for it is an ex-soldier, a teen, and a cop collide in New Orleans as they hunt for the source behind a dangerous new pill that grants users temporary superpowers. Oscar winner Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt storm the streets of New Orleans with co-star Dominique Fishback. Uh, Flex. You saw this trailer. What do you I did. Think? I did. I have a few thoughts. Um, my first thought was, wow, this is a great money grab for Jamie Foxx. Um, they must be paying him a fortune, especially with all the Tyson buzz right now and, and such a renowned actor. Like He's probably going to get paid a fortune for this. And, Netflix, and, yeah. Yeah. The second thing I thought it was just like a limitless knockoff. Um, a limit, you take a pill and you're a superhero and only for five minutes. I don't know about you guys, but five minutes seems kind of short, but – I'm also interest, interested to see like the different powers that you get. So, like the invisible uh, superpower they showed in the trailer was pretty cool. So I'm interested to see more of that. And uh, then my last thought about it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt, man, like, like he just, he was just in that movie with the pilot. That was a Hulu yeah, original or Amazon original. I forget which one. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but before that, like in this movie, like he was gone for, I don't know, like since like 2016 with Snowden. Like right. he's, and uh, the one about the walk in the wire between the two towers. Um, I think that was 2017. 2017? Yeah. I know the, the night before, well, that was 20, 2015. The, right? the night before was 2015. The walk was 2015 as well. Snowden was 2016. But that was his last acting, uh, like, non like – like, he was in Star Wars Last Jedi, but, like – Nothing mainstream. Really but nothing – he didn't – he wasn't even a minor character or anything, supporting or minor. Like, oh, Snowden was his last movie. Yeah, he just took a – four-year hiatus 7500 yeah i'm looking at it right now 7500 is the movie of the airplane the pilot but like he's been gone for four years like are you kidding me so it's good to see him back i know it's only a netflix original and then he has the other 7500 one out right now but it's good to see him back even though this movie to me looks awful i miss that guy i miss joseph gordon mm-hmm. that i think he's so talented and i also think jamie's so talented so the movie has potential in my opinion i, I look listen I didn't watch the trailer. I'm sorry. But <laughs> if you have those two guys in the same movie, the movie has potential. I don't care who's writing it. My, 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 yeah. my four-year-old niece could write it, and it still might come out good if they just improvise all the lines. Yeah, he is right. talented, though. You've seen that like, Jimmy Fallon like, lip-sync battle. Like, uh, Ooh, Josh Gor- Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, he did Super Bass. That was phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. No, he was like a really good like, up-and-coming actor. I don't really know what happened. I, honestly, like, he's, I, I yeah. think very highly of him. Yeah, yeah. Flex just said it. Holy nostalgia! All right, we're going. We're still going. We went Sandlot. We went Grease. We're going. Angels in the Outfield was one of our most watched movies growing up. Oh my god, he was in that. 
Yeah, he was the kid. He was the, yeah, he was the main kid. Dude, I, I, you know, that stuff just. But uh, I'm happy. He doesn't seem like he's gonna. He, I guess he's kind of kind of has a main role in this one. It seems like it's really gonna be centered around Jamie Fox. Mm-hmm, but um, definitely. you know who I was hoping? What I was hoping for? Uh, Lavette has a close relationship with Nolan. Maybe we're seeing a cameo in Tenet. I would love to see Levitt back in a Nolan movie. That'd be be sick. I would love it. Like he was great in Inception, Dark Knight Rises. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we get more of him there. I agree with what you said, Flix, the effects of the movie. I think it's a really cool premise where it's Mm -hmm. like you have a superpower. It lasts for like 10 minutes or something like that. So it's like, and you, you, once you take the pill the first time, you know what your power is. So it's going to be like exciting to see these guys or these, uh, these people like, take this pill and what's going to happen to them. And then uh, I think that has a very interesting aspect and also shows like the budgets are getting larger. We mentioned the, uh, mm-hmm. the gray man, which is going to be the largest Netflix budget ever. This movie, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they invested a lot of money into as well. And you see the action movies that have actually been succeeding for Netflix. When you go to what just came out, the old guard, you had extraction, not as much six underground, but still, they still invest a lot of money into it. So they're doing good things with their action movies. Yeah, I just get a lot of bright vibes out of this. And when right. I say bright vibes, I mean the movie bright. <laughs> just a lot of bright vibes. Just good. It seems like it's going to be really interesting. Like Will Smith, you got uh, Joel Edgerton. Like you, yeah. And you have an interesting story where you have this wand that's a superpower-like wand. Like I just get the same kind of vibes. And that movie was absolute trash. Like I will never, ever turn that on again. Hey, ever. hey. Hey, so I it's not nice to kick Will Smith while he's down. It's not nice to kick Will Smith while he's down. We cut it out. I told myself I wouldn't mention that today. (laughs) You can hate on Suicide Squad all you want. Screw the air cut. We don't want that. Yeah, no air Um, cut. So those are the two trailers we had for the trailer roundup. Uh, That covers it for this week. So uh, I'm going to send it back to Nez, and we're going to get to our Palm Springs review. Just like you said, you sent it right back to me. For the Palm Springs review, I'm sending it right back to you guys. I have not seen the movie. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Flex. We have the Andy Samberg new Hulu original movie, uh, Palm Springs. Came out July 10th. I think it's setting streaming records currently yes. with Hulu. Uh, it's got a great uh, female lead in Kristen Milioti. It's got a supporting character few supporting characters but one great supporting character in uh jk simmons uh flicks initial reaction after finishing this movie loved it loved it i so definitely when i watched the trailer i thought it was very interesting nice little spin-off idea from groundhog day with the every day is repeating but it was even more original than i thought it was going to be a lot of surprise twists a lot of uh, great supporting roles from Kristen Milioti, which was a great surprise, and J.K. Simmons, who I just knew he was going to kill it in this movie. Every time J.K. Simmons is in a role now, like he's, in, he's on such a hot streak and he's at his peak right now after that Oscar for Whiplash, you just knew he was going to kill it. Verbal and, meme, SpongeBob, he doesn't miss! Yes, exactly. Keep going. Amberg, man, like now is the time. Like after Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he had that – that was like his hiatus after those parody movies like pop star and hot rod. And even I love you, man, in his minor role there, he was just in a lot of parody movies and just, he was going off of his, his high off of SNL. And then he did Brooklyn nine, nine, which has been so successful over the, over several years. 
But now, like, I feel like this is just the start of him getting into real comedic roles, and he's the lead. And I thought he was great in this, even though Meliati, honestly, kind of stole the show a little bit from him. And she was kind of in the limelight in this because she had the most interesting story, the, the most interesting background, which you were interested to see. You weren't really sure what it was, and it really drew you into it. And I didn't really know her in anything besides Wolf of Wall Street. And she had such a minor role as Joanne oh Belfort's first wife. Oh, my gosh. I didn't wife. recognize that was her. Really? Oh, my God. So that was the, this movie. I think, yeah, this, this definitely her. Yeah, Kristen Mayotte. But yeah, like, like, I, I can't think of another movie that she's in. Blast. I yeah, I can't think of another movie that she's in. And that was in 2013, that movie. So this was just a pleasant surprise. Like, doesn't do it for me, like, in that movie. And it's just such an immediate True. turnoff. True. But um, before I throw it back over to you, I really like this movie. Um, before we end the spoilers, I just wanted to say those points. And at, my rating for this movie out of 100 is going to be a 90. 90 out of 100 for Palm Springs for me. All right. Uh, make a lot of good points, Flex. Um, Miliati, I thought, was the breakout performer here. Before I get to performances, I want to talk about the premise of the movie. Uh, you have this Groundhog Day like uh, type of uh, start over every day with the same character, except you have a unique spin here. You're, instead of one character basically going through the cycle and him falling in love or her falling in love, you have three different people two people that have a strong connection with one another. And then you have a side character in JK Simmons. I thought that was, that was a very interesting dynamic and uh, approach that they took for this movie. So I got to commend them for that. Um, in terms Definitely. of the themes of the movie, I was rewatching it today. Uh, it's nothing, it's nothing too uh, complicated, very simple movie, 90 minutes, quick and brisk. But uh, the real things is like, it talks about themes of love. And then the one that really was interesting is that the idea of how uh, guilt can weigh on you, how much guilt can weigh on you. And that's what I thought, um, why, that's why Kristen Milioti's character is way more appealing than Andy Samberg's. She, um, you could tell in the first half of the movie, she's funny, but she's like very snarky. You could tell something's weighing on her. And I was mm -hmm, watching it. I, when I was watching it for the second time, I noticed there were so many hints given that like, if you watch a second time flicks, you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, it's in your face the entire time. The big reveal. I won't say what the big reveal is, but there is a massive reveal afterwards and the character transformation towards the end. You could see it with Miliati's character. You see it with Sandberg's character, but he kind of, it's a, it's less noticeable and it's not, it's not as, it's not yeah. as extreme of a change and he's not overcoming the same like uh emotional obstacle as Miliati, but I thought she killed it. Sandberg was his wacky self, but not as wacky. He reeled it in a little bit. It's put in more of Which a I liked. performance. Yeah. Really so liked. Um, like seven days in hell when he plays uh, like a pair, like another parody, of course, uh, McEnroe, a Borg uh, parody documentary. God, that was just over the top. Ugh, I hated that. Right. And he's but, known for his parodies, his SNL character. So it's good that I just, but I loved him in this. Yeah, I loved yeah. him in this. And I'm looking That's forward great. to more work with him. Do we want to, uh, now, do you want to get into spoilers? Well, I just wanted to also say before we get into spoilers, J.K. Simmons, you mentioned it before, GOAT supporting actor. Yeah, I'm, unbelievable. GOAT. We shouldn't do spoilers if we want people to listen to the whole podcast because yeah. they'll so just we, shut it off. We just skip it. I don't know. Whatever you guys think. I don't know. Like I, I listen to like a lot of movie podcasts, and they all, they all do it. In. And also, okay. I have a lot of notes about okay. it not a lot go for like, it i know right. i have some fun points all, all right. right no worries go for it uh flex you want to get into some spoilers here to maybe talk about the big reveal in the middle of the movie 
Sure. I don't, I don't know if I want to start there, um, but okay. definitely I just wanted to say with the quantum physics, no. Okay. So if we like break that down, like how long do you think that took her? Right. And then for those, yeah. So everyone knows what you're talking about with the quantum physics. Yeah. But, now we're in spoiler the review. So, so everyone knows. Uh, this is interesting. Cause like, I don't know how long she was in that time loop, but the writer, or, or maybe it was the director. Someone came out and said that Andy Samberg alone was trapped for 40 years. Over time. 40 years. Was it over? Mm-hmm. I, I thought you were saying like, a, oh, yeah. So it's like, it's, yeah, the, yeah. But, but uh, Miliati's so character. It's it, yeah. So I don't I don't know how long you would say. I, I really don't think we but, could tell. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. It's if she learned quantum physics and she's an expert and she's out dueling scientists in debate uh, and professors. She obviously was there for a good amount of time. But like, like if you had to put a guess on it, how many years? I don't know. Like that's just to believe. learn quantum physics up to the same amount as a scientists if it's all you do physics as a background let's say it's five years it's all you do every day but also you have to take into account like you fall asleep and then the time reloops you lose like half a day if you fall asleep at like 12 o'clock after five hard hours of studying and you have to take into account maybe she took a day off and she just wanted to like go rest for a day like if let's say it took her over five years you're telling me 365 days a year she's doing this no way she takes at least a day right and then what I just thought that that was kind of, even though they did a good job with Sandberg during that, I think he would have gone even crazier. Like really crazy. I kind of like that better than just like saying, like almost taking the easy way out where you see in like these time loop movies or if someone's stuck in a certain situation, they just say, Oh, if I just do this selfless act and then I, uh, like they even made fun of it in the movie. I just do a selfless act. Yeah. And all of a sudden this time loop's going to end. Like that, that was Groundhog Day. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that, that's why the, it's better. It's I like, love the making the fun cliche, of it. I love it. Diverse away from the cliche. Although, I mean, you're in a time loop. How likely is anything anyway? So it's like, I don't, I, I kind of like the aspect of them trying something different. Like it's not likely, but I mean, I'll take it. It's just cause, uh, it's not. It's, it's not going to win any awards. It's not going to blow your socks off. But it's just. A, it's a, just a different way to enjoy a romantic comedy where you don't have to just sit there and just predict the entire movie. Right. 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 And I like just going back to that real quick. I really just thought because throughout the movie I'm thinking, all right, how are they going to get out of this time loop? And it came across my mind saying, oh, like maybe like someone learns something about science. I didn't. I didn't know it's quantum physics. I don't know anything about it, so I didn't guess that. Um, but I was thinking like, all right, maybe they just spend every day studying like at one point in the movie, but like, I was thinking like, that's like impossible. No way they haven't, like, they would not do that. These characters would not do that. And there's not, they wouldn't go over that stretch of time because it just takes so long, but they just did it in a way that, I don't know. I just really didn't appreciate the way they did it, even though the Sandberg character did carry that amount of time in the movie. So I thought that was okay. Uh, just not mm-hmm. great, but that did spark another thing in my mind dr o let's say you were in a time loop and you were like on that day let's say like it was a normal day it doesn't have to be a saturday it could be like a monday or tuesday just a normal day like what would you do if i was stuck in a time loop stuck in a time loop and like same same scenario what would you do one thing that i saw like i i was watching it today again and one mm-hmm. thing i was thinking of is how far could i travel in a day yeah that's something i would do yep, i thought that's, of that. not, that's not necessarily fun but like how far could i get without taking a plane or like maybe i do alternate like ways to travel 
like how far could I get? How many states could I get through maybe or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't I know. thought so. But the first thought that came in my mind was, all right, if it's a weekday, non-holiday, like figure out the stock market, like what up, what went up that day. Oh, my, of course, money out. on his mind. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of is how to make money during this and take advantage of this day. It's because then the next, uh, uh, so like I would take advantage of the day after I learned how to get out of the time loop. So the next day I would be super rich. So, <laughs> and then I wouldn't be stuck in the time loop. So that's the first thing I thought of. But the second thing but I thought you would of, have to time, you would have to time is what you're so, saying. So, yeah. So like every day you would like look at the stock market that day because it's all going to be the same, right? So right. you would look at the stock market and then you can choose. You've tested out a couple of times and it works. And then you figure out how to do this time, get out of the time loop. And then once you figure out the time loop on that day, you make like, right. Yeah. You beat uh, the stock I market. Mean, Oh, I like that idea. If it was a weekday, non-holiday. Is what I'm saying. That's a, that's, so a, that's I, mean, if I was Andy Samberg's character. We can't even remember what his last oh, job was. Right. That's who, like, exactly. Like, so I don't do anything the rest of my life. I could just exactly sit on a pizza yeah, flow and drink beer. Oh, also, by the way, I almost forgot to mention one of the best alcoholic movie characters. Uh, Agreed. That we've recently seen. So he's like up there with like Carl Spackler in Caddyshack. Totally Jack. Yes. He's like he, he literally. I'm glad he, you said this. He's like at the wedding, he cracks a beer. Like like he's sitting Love at the it. ceremony, cracks a beer, wakes so, up cracks a beer like literally three-fourths of the movie he has a beer in his hand at all times yes and i actually think so i totally agree with you all-time alcoholic but i do have an issue with his like with with his uh drinking problem is he drinks the same beer every day no no selection unless 40 years of drinking that orange beer and no way that's like a nice beer that you could keep drinking like that beer is probably like, oh, I can't believe but that's they didn't like a true beers. alcoholic but it was funny. dedication to one beer. You know, that's like how you know it's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. The alcoholic, right? Like, was always drinking the same beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. But I guess just one other thing I would do and stuck in the time it was just travel, just travel every day, just get on a plane and travel to everywhere in the country, uh, everywhere in the world. I go all the travel, cool, people, cool local spots. Can't yeah, and then just long. try to stay up, like, yeah, try to stay up so you take uh, you're there as long as possible. But I just wanted to get your point on that. So before we um, end this review, we have to talk about the big reveal uh, in this uh, in the middle of this movie. Okay, so there obviously you know Kristen Milioti's character. Something's eating her up inside. Uh, I mentioned the theme of uh, dealing with guilt, right, and how to get past it, mm-hmm. and how it's an obstacle in life. You find out that her sister Tala, I think that's her name, Tala, uh, her husband. Got it. Her, or her fiance the night before the wedding uh, has sex with Kristen Milioti's character. So that was a major, major reveal in the middle of the movie that I was watching with Ricky flicks. And at that moment, we kind of gasped at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. <gasps> and it was a total shock. And there were hints given out the movie, but we're just yes. like, so concerned with the plot and what's going on. It just went right over our head. So do you want to talk about that at all? The impact that had on the yeah. movie? Yeah, like like you said, you weren't really focusing on that. You were focusing on like what I was saying. I'm focused on the stock market. I'm thinking of where would I travel every day, you know? Or I'm thinking of how they're gonna get out of here. But then they throw that bomb at us, and it's like, holy crap! How did I not see that? Because she's regarded as the the person that messes up in the family. She's a yeah. slut. She's this and that. That she's just the big mess up of the family. And they keep hinting at it, and they finally laid the bomb on us, and it was just like, oh God, Hiroshima. But yeah wow it was it was like when I, when that happened like we literally both both gasped yes and then and it was a full gasp and then it was so 
it was painful because like the next day she's hand she's hanging out with Andy Samberg's character Niles, and like that's when like they get arrested and like mm-hmm. she uh, and then Andy Samberg admits that through this time loop he's hooked up with her literally thousands of times, right? And, so, and then you literally it just all starts to unravel from there. It's really the turning point of the movie. So, and uh, it was just it was it really like made me feel pain for her character because of what she was living with every day and like she's waking up with her, her sister's fiance for like i don't know we were guessing years upon years she learned quantum right before her wedding day five, yeah five ten years she's waking up with that it's obviously her decision her fault and it's obviously the fiance's fault too, but it's just a pain you have to live with. And then, and then she's coming off at the beginning of the movie, acting all wacky, but just all it t- tied the strings together to the movie. And then it was great to see them, uh, to see her overcome that obstacle. Okay. Mm. And she found that um, direction in life. Cause that's, the, that's also about the theme of the movie. Um, uh, so I think JK Simmons character, Roy, he tells Andy Samberg's character to find your Irvine. All right, like find your path, right? Find meaning in life because they weren't they weren't living with meaning at the time. They didn't have a plan. They didn't have any destination that they were going towards. So it's nice how they brought they uh, tied that together in the movie. And any final of thoughts? Irvine, oh, you speak of that Irvine scene, I think that was the best scene of the movie when he visits yeah. uh, J.K. Simmons at his house with his family and his kids pouring water on the shit. He's like, I just want to watch my kid pour water on shit every day. And I thought that was amazing. <laughs> that, was um, that, that made us both laugh out loud. But I do want to get your thoughts on this, Doc, uh, before we wrap up here, is that the reason, like, before the ending, we were, like, for me personally, I was approaching 94, 95 towards the reading. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I, I was like, I'm still in, like, great shock of how good it was. But I, I thought it could have been even better. And it's because of the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. The end scene when Sandberg... Like I've, so I was listening to a radio show the other day and they were talking about this movie and they were praising Samberg and the, the writing of the, his final scene with the grammatical errors. I am tired. I was of like a rom-com thing. All. I am so tired of that. And I think it was horrific writing, horrific and lazy writing. And I was so disappointed because this whole movie that did such a good job, like going, looking back on it and looking at all this foreshadowing all this dialogue between the two uh, main characters in the J.K. Simmons Chimans, I was so I was so disappointed with that final mm-hmm. scene because I was expecting something greater than that before right. they maybe die. So mm-hmm. I was so disappointed with that. And then the after that, it's like the credit scene. You're like, oh, what happened to J.K. Simmons? And then they show him in the credit scene, not even like in the movie, in the credit scene. So I was so disappointed that arguably the best character in this movie gets his ending in a credit scene and it was right. a great credit scene but still like arguably the best scene in the movie also the first scene in the movie when he shoots Andy Samberg's also up there for best scene yeah, the that's movie. just Roy he does that right but I just thought that was no, so disappointing so that also brought it down I didn't even reveal my score yet but I also gave it 90 out of 100 um, yeah and I think the ending you're right it didn't do justice to Roy's character especially what he eventually meant to Andy Samberg at the end you got the vibe that okay they're gonna might be going out together or the, the thing is they didn't have to go out together but you have to show it in the movie not in a post credit scene all right I, I don't like that they, they're hinting at to how long is Roy gonna have to stay in this virtual loop is he gonna have to learn how to do this how long is that gonna take so it's just that kind of bothered me but 
uh, the grammatical thing. I thought that was like basic rom-com stuff that uh, it kind of like resorted to at the end, like with like the period, uh, uh, emphatic period. When she's like, well, that should be an exclamation point. Yada, yada, yada. I thought that was lazy. just like that dialogue. You're right. It was lazy. So that's going to do it for our Palm Springs review. Ricky Flicks, 90 out of 100. Dr. Rowe, 90 out of 100. Uh, go see it, or not go see it. Stay at home and see it. Must watch. On Hulu. On Hulu. Must Come watch. on, guys. I think that's the second straight movie you guys have ranked over 90. I keep missing good movies. What's wrong with me? <laughs> this is a good one. This is a good uh, one. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to my listeners as well. Yeah. I'll, what if I'll just do like a really late review on both of the Five Bloods and uh, Palm Springs? Back to back. I'll do like a 30 second review of each of them just so I could catch up to catch up with Ned. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, all right. Oh, the catch up like spelled with a K. Okay. Anyway. Um, all right. We're buzzing. We are now debuting a brand new segment. Um, no top new billing segment. this week. No top billing this week. Even though we did figure out the draft system was the best way last week. We'll be pushing oh, yeah. that top billing Thank to you next for your week. Comments. And uh, this week is our first ever fan question segment so i'm really excited about this because we have some wonderful fans they love to interact with us via twitter instagram uh and if you don't already follow us please check us out at uh the drive-in pod on twitter uh underscore the drive-in pod on instagram and then the drive-in pod.com yeah so i said twitter is the drive-in pod instagram is under underscore the drive-in pod and then our website is the drive-in pod.com um where you guys can find the link to all of our podcasts as well if you haven't already found it. Um, so now let's go with our first fan question from Gary. What is your favorite movie genre? Um, let's Little ask Gary. around here. Who wants to go? <sighs> Flex, I'll go. You go first. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, Gary, Gary, Gary. Um, all right. So I should preface this by answering probably a future fan question. My favorite director of all time is Christopher Nolan and hence why i'm so disappointed with tenant not being released in 2020 hmm. or yeah as in right now this summer but uh psychological thrillers for me definitely thrillers and psychological aspect of them and just twists and just the twists and surprises of a great story i think of the, inside a hmm. thriller is just something that as an audience watching the movie it's just something that just jumps, makes you jump. It makes you really compelled to keep watching and just interested in it. And I think that with a, not even like a great actor, but with a great story and a decent actor, you can really get that from a, from a psychological thriller. So for me, psychological thriller. I mean, mine's a, such a mixed mash of like, like my tastes in movies. Um, I'd be going against my brand, my personal brand, if I didn't say action adventure movies, uh, not exactly just superhero movies. But I, I mean, I love crime movies too, but I'm going to stick with the action adventure aspect. Um, I saw like Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, we're talking like the original, like the original Spider-Man trilogy, some of my favorite movies, obviously the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, I, I mean, a couple of years ago, we had the latest Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible movie. Those movies where I'm seeing incredible things, uh, incredible athletic feats, not necessarily by the actor, obviously, but something that's making me say, wow, as I'm watching it, almost like that psychological thriller aspect that Flix is talking about. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with the action adventure style, although I do love a good crime drama. 
Very interesting. Um, I'm going to go a little off the cuff here. It's a little, it's definitely a little weird. Um, but I, I, I like, I like horror movies. Um, wow. and, 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 and I mean, we talked about this last, uh, in the last pod about like the old horror movies, whether a horror movie is bad or it's good, it's entertaining nonetheless. And I feel like they're always consistent. So if a horror movie is just terrible, it's it's still a good watch because it's just like you can't keep your eyes off of it's like a, a, a you know train crash you can't keep look away wow. and if a horror movie is good it's like it could it's it's an incredible it's incredibly good you know um when like Jordan Peele's been coming out with these horror movies it's been it's they've been incredibly good and unlike and unlike anything we've ever seen before really um you know I like like Insidious and stuff like that and, and but in also like if you just watch like some just really crappy low budget horror movie you're still going to get some, you know, utility out of that because you're just going to, you're going to, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh about it. You're going to laugh gonna about be a memorable experience. Yeah. And that's why people, that's why there's so many horror movies that come out because people will always go watch them because they'll be, they'll always be entertaining. And that's mm-hmm. why I like them. I'm not saying my favorite movies of all time are horror movies. I, I don't think it's that, but I'd say the most consistently entertaining movies and the movie that I will probably like movie, the genre I will throw on the most is typically horror. Interesting. But do you do you consider like Get Out a horror movie? Yeah, it's horror. Genre. It's like a thriller. I it's guess, a thriller to me. It's a thriller to me. But it's also like, but, but no, I don't know because like it's like a disaster horror movie. You know what I mean? That's and it's it's different. It's not like a full blown disaster, but it's like a like it's, when you watch a disaster like, movie, it's like whoa, what if this happened to me? If and then you know the same thing with Get Out. It's like whoa, what if this actually happened? You know, I don't know. It's it. I think you could consider it a horror movie. I think you could definitely consider us more of a horror movie than get out um but it definitely has its horror aspects to it yes and the way that it's directed the way that it's performed and the way that you know uh things unfold it absolutely has has you know aspects of horror so here's the thing when i was thinking when i was thinking about this question it's like what even is a genre like are we talking about action adventure comedy horror like you know what i mean like what what even is a genre like like a crime movie is also a genre or is that that's more of a subgenre? i mean it's yeah. so ridiculous awesome. it's it's like trying to define electronic music this day it's like oh this is melodic dubstep oh this is heavy bass oh this is <laughs> melodic heavy bass dubstep and it's just like like i i can't keep track of all the different genres or and subgenres there are these days so i i just went simple horror i just, was I just go by whether it sounds good but also horror <laughs> movies like I think the genre is kind of broadening for that. And I think Jordan Peele is one of those people that's broadening the genre because mm-hmm. horror movies, a lot of times they don't have very good stories or like, or they're not, it's not very good writing. I think that's starting to change. All right. Starting with Jordan Peele. So I think, I think he's associated. I think he would consider himself a horror director. Would you guys disagree? I think he takes pride in that. He's producing Candyman, another, another horror movie. Yeah. He definitely takes pride in that. I agree. Yeah. That's like what he, I think that he, the pride aspect is the thing i think he likes being noted as that i think also horror movies they almost have like a unbelievable element to them like a like sometimes a psychological thriller it's like more realistic but then you have idea like get out it's like that's so that's super crazy out of the box it could only happen like in a horror movie that's kind of how i kind of differentiate the two if that makes sense Mm -hmm. all right cool cool moving on to our next our next question uh from nick p De Niro or Pacino? Wow. This is a tough one. I already know who I am. I'm going to invoke the Fifth Amendment. (laughs) Fifth Amendment? Oh, my God. I'm not actually going to do it. I'm just saying it's such a hard question to answer. 
that is an incredibly hard question to answer. Wow. Um, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. Even though I said that. Uh, yeah, Pacino. I'm guy. Go ahead. I'm, <laughs> I say I'm not going to answer it. And then I say, okay, I'll answer first. Uh, Pacino for me. Um, the way I, I kind of measure it is the movies that they're in together. Cause like a lot of them, they have the same type of um, filmography where they're, they start off their career. They're in crime dramas a lot of them, it's like how they made most of their money. It's what they're nominated for. They get their like uh, accolades from that. But uh, Pacino, I thought he I like the Irishman. People say what you want, say what you want to say about it. It's long, whatever. It's boring. I thought Pacino was a lot better than De Niro in the Irishman. I agree. Um, I think a lot of people, like a lot of people, just respect De Niro, like to the extent where like anything he does is going to be good. But I think at times he could be a little bit boring. I like Pacino, the enthusiasm he brings to the role. You ever seen Scent of a Woman? If you, if you ever have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Hoo-ha. Um, uh, unbelievable actor. I think they're both great, but I'm going to take Pacino as the one with more energy. Uh, I'm going to go with Pacino as well. Scarface, top 10 movie of all time. No arguments okay. here. That's it. Wow, just gonna top ten movie. I don't know what controversial controversial statement. Yeah, I was trying to slip it by you. I was trying to slip it by you. But you know more iconic characters than De Niro. I was trying to slip it by you. I think so. That's close. So besides besides Corleone, so let's let's go through. Besides Corleone, I think De Niro uh, has more. Okay, so he's got. You have Taxi Driver. Yeah, Lamada. Taxi Driver. Let's see what else. Well, you technically have Godfather Part Two, which he won an Oscar for. Cape Fear. Cape Fear. But eh, But it's close. He's been in a lot more movies too. um, I would say than Pacino. I think that's clear. And then they both have had their stinkers. Um, Yeah, they haven't been good in this 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 era, this modern era, for sure. But yeah, yeah, it's close one. I would also say Pacino, but. I do think that De Niro has more like well-renowned ro- roles as in besides Michael Corleone, I do think like Deer Hunter, like his, like the De Niro characters are more just, you know, them, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Raging Bull, you Carlito's know, way. Um, I'm trying to think of more like, uh, I guess I'm now I'm guess I'm thinking no Scarface and Carlito's way. Oh, it's a close one, but I would take Pacino just because Son of a Woman, Woman, Dog Day Afternoon. I just think he has better acting. Oh, dude, Serpico, oh. dude. I, I, like, I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's obviously, but like, Pacino. I just Not think that I, I think De Niro, he focuses more, like he doesn't focus more on this, but he's also known as like a physical actor. Like he has physical roles, like Taxi Driver, Deer Hunter, um, and others. But then like Pacino, you have Dog Day Afternoon where he's a scrawny little guy, but it's all about the acting. Son of a Woman, it's all about the acting. He played a blind guy for God's sakes and did perfect. I thought he was blind for a second in that movie, like in mm-hmm. real life for a second. But yeah, I'll take Pacino. Alright. That's a consensus, right? Incredible. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, I'm surprised actually that we all agreed here. Uh, next perfect. question from Joe G. What sports story would you like to see become a movie? How how funny would it be if there was an Antonio Brown movie? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I just saw he retired. Have... He retired again today. So I just like it's in my brain. Yeah, that's right a good one. <laughs> um, you know, is it would it be a comedy? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess we have to see if it'd be a comedy because like probably not over. It's out, probably not even over in there. But um, you know what I was thinking of the other day, and this would be a hell of a movie. Um. As in, maybe not like a great movie, but it would be such a good watch. 
What if Manti Teo got a movie? Dude, I bet. Okay. Manti like, Teo would be like, The fake girlfriend thing? Like, that oh, would be, my God. No, no. Okay. That would be crazy. Now, if anybody's, if anybody from that draft class is getting, uh, or from that year, maybe not draft. No, it's a year behind. Johnny Manziel. Johnny yeah, Manziel would be a crazy one. The rise and fall of Johnny Manziel, where he's on one. top of the world at USC. I mean, oh USC, on top of the A&M. world at Texas A and M. He's hanging out with Drake. Like, imagine, remember when we were in Dude, college? Yeah. Like, like being a big time quarterback is a big thing, but also being a big time quarterback and you're hanging out with like A list celebrities is just like. A whole another level. Drake is like Instagramming pictures with him and Johnny Manziel. And yeah, I'm yeah. On his own thing. That's wild. He's yeah, like, that is pretty it's crazy. That's a goal. good show. Unbelievable. I think I. I mean, Johnny Manziel would be ap- absolutely ridiculous. There's there's a lot of really good ones. Um, mm-hmm. you could do one about I you know, Tim Tebow. I was just I was gonna say Tebow. Oh my Tebow god, Tebow would be a good one. Tebow, that, Tebow the speech, the Oscar Lin. right there. Jeremy I was Lin. Just thinking, like, you do it on that one. Jeremy season, Lin would be a good one. One half season. Yeah. There's Jeremy a lot of good, good ones. ones. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton with the alcoholism. Josh Hamilton. Uh, Manny Pacquiao. Alexander Hamilton. Oh, Manny Pacquiao Hamilton would be pretty crazy. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Pacquiao there, would be good, good out. There's just something Pacquiao good on uh, one of these streaming services. Pa- Pacquiao singing the soundtrack the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you can focus on political career, even like the end of his boxing career and go into politics if you even want to do that. Like that would be so. pretty nuts. I oh, guess so. There's a lot of stuff. I always, I don't know. There's a lot of things. We're definitely missing Woods. a lot, but Tiger Woods. Let's go. I was going to say that when I first heard this question, I wanted to say that just so we could have like a scene of Tiger getting getting beaten up with a golf club by his wife in the movie. Oh, I think it'd be hilarious. Honestly, be like, also another, that scene. another interesting one, maybe not necessarily a sports movie. The Rock would be interesting. That would be it was humble beginnings in Pittsburgh. That and would like be going very, to the U. Going to the U. Interesting, yeah. And then I feel like, like that that would be like a limited series or something, though. Right. True. 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 There's so much because there's just so much to that plot. Um, yeah. I think all great, all great ones. All right, guys, we have one more fan question. One here. more. All and right. It's from Connect Twenty Seven. I hope I said that right. Uh, what is your favorite sandwich? Sa- sandwich. If you guys didn't hear, I, I, I definitely. Two pop up to my mind. Not a movie related question. Okay. All right. So one breakfast sandwich, like bacon, egg and cheese, sausage, egg and cheese mm. for sandwich. Um, oh, interesting. Three pop in my mind, actually. One's controversial. Chicken shawarma. Chicken, chicken shawarma. Shwarmy. Unbelievable. Mm. And then if we consider this a sandwich, a burger, but that's controversial. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, whatever. Don't start okay. that here. Don't bring that here. All right. Well, you can only pick one. So, which one are you gonna pick, bro? Breakfast sandwich. In, oh man. Yeah. Uh, chicken shawarma. Chicken shawarma. As your favorite I, sandwich. I was back out. Favorite sandwich of all time. Wow. Chicken okay. shawarma. Well, it's because I have an egg sandwich like every day. So. Mm-hmm. But chicken shawarma is because I love egg sandwiches too. Don't get me wrong, but like so, best sandwiches. But, there's so like. But the here's thing, the thing. Yeah. So if I wake up, if I wake up at from nine to ten, I'll get a breakfast sandwich. If I wake up from like eleven to one in, in those times, I'm just gonna get a regular sandwich because it's like oh yeah. Time anyway. I push it. I, pu- I push. You could get a breakfast sandwich during that time. Thirty for me. No, you could, but you know, whatever. All right, um, Doctor O, what do you got here? We count wraps, or is it just gotta be a sandwich? It's gonna be a sandwich. Italian sandwich. Like an Italian, like a grinder, like an Italian grinder. Hundred percent. So what? Salami. Yeah, um, we're talking salami, capicola. Uh, so we can throw pepperoni on pepperoni, there. Yeah. What else we throw? We got we have to have provolone cheese. It's got to be some melted. Peppers. Some peppers. Pep- yep. Some oil. Yep. Peppers. Uh, banana peppers definitely. 
Um, light mayo, not a lot. I make sure to mm-hmm. emphasize the light mayo. We got to put some oil on that bad boy. And I stuff it in. It's great. It's, it's my go-to for – if I go to any, like, pizza place and I'm getting something that's not pizza, I, I always go first. I always go Italian. And if, like, the Italian is, like, somehow it's not very good or something, then, mm-hmm. I, then I go to meatball. Some me- Oh, meatball. Meatball's good, but it's hit or miss, too. I like chicken parm at an Italian place, too. Chicken parm sub. That's good, too. Guys, it's okay. Good. Well, I mean, I listen, I, 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 I mean, I already – all right, listen. Can I, can I, can I go? Cause, Absolutely. I mean, you guys. You have permission. On. It's all about the chicken cutlet. With a little bit of prosciutto mm. on top. Okay. That's the ultimate sandwich right there. A little bit of peppers, some cheese, put it on a roll, put it on a sub. Best sandwich of all time right there. With a side of Cape Cod chips. You need Cape Cod chips on the side of your sandwich. Cape you need Cod. to supplement the crunch with the, the you know, I guess, different texture of the, uh, of the sandwich. And uh, there's, no, there's no right answer. Right. I agree. I, I agree with the Cape Cod uh, chips um, addition or side. Uh, Ricky Flicks, you have an interesting take on Cape Cod chips. I do. Oh, yes. yes. I, oh, yes, I don't you think do. I think, it's the, I think it's the correct take. He has so many I interesting like, takes. He does. Take. I, like, take. I like reduced fat Cape Cod chips better than regular Cape Cod chips. It's the same. I do. No, That's what not. I was telling him. The texture it's of it is different. Thing. There's not as salty, so it's easier to, it's like just better to grab and eat. And also, I just, don't feel as, like as disgusting and fat. Is that oh, man. I don't, oh, you just set yourself I, I up so bad. I usually hate diet stuff. You just I set yourself diet. up so bad. No, no, no. I can't no, no, wait. No, we're going to have a taste test. No, 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 no. no, no. The drive-in pod is going to have no, a taste no. test. <laughs> and yes. Ricky Flick is going to – Yes, yes. We're doing this. I think – We're doing this. You just set yourself up so bad. Ooh, doggy. I like this. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. the best idea we've ever had. It's not even movie-related. I don't have a blindfold on. They marketed to me well. And reduced fat is better than regular. Okay. Right. Sorry. We'll see. We'll see. You'll, you you'll be able to prove difference. it. You'll be able to prove it. We'll see. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our podcast for today. Episode three is officially in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check us out on www.thedriveinpod.com, underscore the drive in pod on Instagram, and at the drive in pod on Twitter. 